going to read the next uh, section of Acts. Um, this is taken from chapter 1, verses 12 to 26, and it's on page 909 um, in the Bibles uh, in the back of your chairs. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this, in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong he burst open in the middle and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Acheldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have, who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was also called Justus, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, Show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Thanks, Jack. Well, keep your Bibles open. Uh, good morning, it's really good to see you. Uh, let's pray and then we'll get stuck in. Let's bow our heads. Father God, whatever is on our minds this morning, wherever we're coming from, we pray that you would quieten our hearts. Please speak to us through your words and give us hearts that are ready and willing to listen this morning. Amen. Well, after a few weeks of being fairly on my own in the office, it's really nice to have lots of the staff team back in the office. Ken's come back from his three-month sabbatical bringing some lovely M&S cakes, which went down well. Uh, Karen came back from holiday, uh, bringing some homemade jam for each person in the team. Uh, Lydia and Gerald, uh, our new staff members, have started, and hopefully they're going to catch on to the theme. Um, <laughs> they're probably going to say to me that I should catch on with the theme. Um, but uh, imagine if Ken hadn't come back from sabbatical. Uh, Ken and Fiona invited uh, my wife Sophie and I over for dinner uh, a couple of weeks before they came back, and uh, we did kind of think for a split second, is this where they tell us that he's not coming back? Um, 
that would have been a bit of a surprise for all of us, wouldn't it? Uh, we would probably have been a bit thrown. And many of us uh, have been thrown by the sad loss of the Queen this week. Uh, in some ways, it feels like one of those cases of not realizing quite what we had uh, until it's gone. But put yourselves in the shoes of the disciples in this passage. Uh, they had been following uh, not just a church leader or a monarch, uh, but the leader of the church, the Messiah, closely for three years. Uh, they'd relied on Jesus for everything. Uh, they'd been through so much together. Uh, they had seen him uh, die, seen him rise from the dead uh, and come back to them. Uh, but now they've seen Jesus lifted up to heaven uh, in a very final kind of way. Uh, he's ascended. He's gone. And just beforehand, they'd been given an amazing promise. Uh, Jesus tells them, Acts 1 verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And they're told to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it sounds pretty special, but I'm probably not really sure what it is. Uh, but they're just waiting. And here in today's passage, uh, we see what happens whilst they wait. We're told, verse 12, uh, that they decide to return to Jerusalem, which was about a day's walk. And I wonder what that uh, walk back must have been like for them. Uh, probably a whole range of emotions going around their heads, I imagine. Uh, subdued, overwhelmed, stunned by Jesus' ascension, uh, or maybe joyful at the promise that they've been given uh, and confident after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. But sad that he's gone as well. But we're told, verse 13, that they get to Jerusalem and they head to uh, the upper room. And we don't know for sure if it was the upper room where uh, Jesus had his last supper with the disciples, uh, but the original Greek says the upper room. So it, you can't help wondering if it was. Uh, the 11 apostles are there in the room, uh, along with Jesus' mother Mary, uh, Jesus' brothers, uh, and the women who had faithfully ministered to Jesus throughout his life on earth. And what do they do in this strange time of waiting We'll have a look at verse 14. We read, All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Now, they're united in prayer, aren't they? Uh, it's the first thing they want to do, and they devote themselves to it. Uh, everyone had come together because they were convinced that Jesus is the Messiah, risen and ascended. Uh, and that faith united them together as his people. Uh, they're a pretty ragtag bunch, really, aren't they? Uh, but they're united in Christ. Uh, and you can't help thinking back to Luke's first book, his gospel, uh, where we read of the disciples arguing amongst them as to who would be the greatest. Uh, we read of James and John uh, asking for the best seats in the house in heaven. But now this mixed bunch are all of one accord. Uh, they understood so much more of what it meant to follow their king. Uh, they knew they had been given a, a mission to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. In everything that had gone before, uh, they had learned that they could trust their king and savior. Uh, they believed that the Holy Spirit was going to come. Uh, they trusted their king. And so they waited obediently. Uh, they were expectant and committed. And that led them to pray. 
Uh, they were devoted. They devoted themselves to prayer. Uh, their prayers were an expression of their trust in Christ. Uh, it was an act of obedience to Him to gather together and wait. Uh, and through their prayers, uh, the Lord would work through them to build His church. It'd be easy to think that our situation uh, is very different to theirs back then. But when Jesus ascended, uh, the key thing that the angels say uh, is he's coming back. Uh, He's coming back. Uh, And we too are waiting for Jesus' return. Uh, Okay, we're not waiting for the Holy Spirit like them. Uh, He's come. Uh, And we're going to hear more about that in the next installment of Acts. But we are waiting for Jesus' return. Uh, And we too are called to join in with that mission to go make disciples uh, and take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we too face uncertainties. Uh, Who knows what this coming year holds? Uh, We've been reminded of that over the last few years, haven't we? So how are we going to wait as a church family together? Uh, Will we be devoted to prayer as we wait? Uh, Asking for God to act in us and through us by his Spirit. Uh, Will we pray for him to fill us with his Spirit? In Luke's gospel, Jesus says, how much more will a heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I've done a little bit of sailing recently and uh, you can always tell when a a gust or a breeze is coming because you can see this dark patch on the water coming towards you. Uh, And you have to position your boat uh, or the sail to make the most of the breeze. Uh, And I love the way uh, one Christian author puts it uh, when he writes, The one who wants his sail full of the breeze of the Spirit must have this persistence in prayer. Uh, The early church were persistent in prayer. Uh, They prayed continually. Uh, Will we be devoted to prayer? Uh, I always find our uh, monthly Wednesday night prayer gathering so encouraging uh, as we gather together to pray and as we see God answer our prayers. Uh, It was great to meet last Wednesday. Uh, And if you've never been to one, let me really encourage you to try and get along to the next one. Uh, We'd love to see you there. Uh, Let's also seek to be devoted to prayer uh, in our small groups, uh, praying for one another's needs. uh, But uh, more than that, praying for God to be at work amongst us and through us by his Spirit. In this passage, uh, we're primarily encouraged to be praying together like uh, the early believers. Uh, But we're also called to be committed to the Lord in personal prayer, aren't we? Uh, And as we start this new school year and get back into routines, uh, let's try and build that into our day. Uh, That might mean choosing a specific time to set set aside to pray uh, or setting our alarms a bit earlier. Or maybe uh, having a, a drumbeat of short prayers through the day uh, that we're reminded of at our lunch break or whatever it is. Uh, that can be a really helpful thing. They were of one accord and devoted to prayer. Uh, wouldn't it be great if that was a description of St. Joseph's as a church family uh, this coming school year? But getting back to our passage... Not every one of the apostles is there in the upper room united in prayer. And there's one glaring exception, isn't there? There's no Judas. And Peter doesn't try to hide it. He doesn't sweep it under the carpet. Because next we see that he stands up in front of the 120 believers who are there. And he tells them that Judas was numbered among them and was allotted his share 
in the ministry. And yet he betrayed and rejected Christ. And we're told that Judas received a financial reward and he used that reward to go and buy a field. But his final reward was death. And Luke doesn't hold back in the gruesome detail of what happened to Judas, does he? Uh, It's both vivid and shocking. And the news of his horrifying death spread around and everyone in Jerusalem knew what had happened to Judas. It's a striking reminder or warning uh, of the futility of rejecting Christ. Uh, It's a serious thing to pitch yourself against the God of the universe. Uh, The living God hates evil Uh, He will bring justice, and he will not be mocked. Uh, And the stark warning to us today is don't be a fool. Uh, Don't reject Christ when you have the opportunity. Uh, Don't pitch yourself against God. Uh, It's it's amazing and sobering, isn't it, Uh, that Judas was with Christ and the apostles throughout Jesus' whole earthly ministry. He had such an incredible opportunity, didn't he? He saw Jesus speak. He saw Jesus do miracles. Uh, He served as the group's treasurer even. Uh, What a blessing to see and know Jesus uh, during his ministry on earth. But he throws it all away. It seems he preferred the pleasures of money uh, over the kingdom of God. And it's a stark reminder to us to examine ourselves, to see if we are really trusting Christ. However regular we are at church, however much ministry we're doing, it counts for nothing uh, if we aren't believing and trusting in Christ. There's a great contrast here that I love in this passage between Judas uh, and Jesus' family. You see, we're told that Jesus' family were there uh, in the upper room. Uh, And whilst Mary, his mother, had been a faithful follower of Jesus throughout his life, uh, we see throughout the Gospels uh, that Jesus' brothers had been somewhat opposed. Uh, Earlier on in Jesus' ministry, we're told that Jesus' brothers thought that he was out of his mind. And John writes that his own brothers did not believe in him. I mean, let's face it, uh, having a brother who was completely perfect must have been pretty trying at times. (laughs) But as they've grown up, And after everything that has happened, uh, it seems that they have realized Jesus' true, amazing identity. The brothers have gathered with the faithful group of believers in the upper room, uh, and they are of one accord. Uh, Maybe you're here today and you've been like Jesus' brothers. Uh, You didn't take Jesus seriously when you were younger. Uh, But as you've got to know him better, you've started to see who he really is. Uh, And if that's you, God wants to welcome you with open arms. Uh, But the warning here is, uh, turn to Christ while you have the opportunity. Uh, Don't be foolish and wait. Uh, Or maybe you're here and you've got um, Christian family who you've been praying for for years, uh, who aren't believing. Uh, And take encouragement from this that uh, even Jesus' own family didn't trust Christ at all times, uh, and keep persevering in prayer. Uh, Or maybe uh, you've um, uh, been stuck in a church and in ministry for years, uh, but you're tempted to put worldly things above Christ, uh, as we all are at times. Uh, Or if you're honest with yourself, you've never truly repented 
and put your trust in Christ. Uh, and this, is a, this mention of Judas is a reminder that we must walk each day in faith and repentance. Uh, rejecting Christ is futile, but in trusting him there is joy and, and peace and great reward. And let's remember that even the greatest of sinners and the most unlikely characters uh, can be transformed by the gospel. Uh, it can change anyone and God's kingdom will continue to grow. You see, the final thing we see in this passage uh, is that God's plan is indestructible. It's unstoppable. It will come to pass. Uh, and the only wise thing to do is to trust the king. You see, the first thing Peter says as he stands up uh, in front of all the believers uh, to speak to them uh, is in verse 16. Uh, he says, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas. Uh, the scriptures will be fulfilled. Uh, and then he goes on to quote a couple of Psalms in verse 20 about King David and how King David was betrayed. Often God's used King David's life uh, as a picture of what would happen to Jesus. Uh, and that's why Peter says these verses are also about Judas and his betrayal of Jesus. Uh, and Peter is saying everything that happened to Jesus even down to the detail of Judas and his betrayal, uh, was in God's plan. God was in control, and it's a fulfillment of Scripture. Uh, and there are two really important things to note here. Uh, firstly, it shows Peter's complete confidence in the truth of Scripture, doesn't it? Uh, and its prophetic nature. Uh, Peter says that the Holy Spirit spoke through the words of David. Uh, he's saying that Scripture is written by humans, uh, but it's divinely inspired uh, and secondly, he's saying even in Judas's shocking betrayal, uh, God was in, for, in control. It was foretold in the Old Testament. Uh, it was God's plan all along. Uh, it doesn't mean that Judas wasn't responsible for his actions, uh, but it means that God had a plan. And even in the darkest of times, God is working out his plan for our good. His plan is unstoppable. I think that's also why Luke goes on to tell us about the appointment of a 12th apostle. And you see, God will have his witnesses. Nothing can stop that. Uh, the number of apostles, 12, mirrored the 12 tribes of Israel uh, as the foundation of God's Old Testament people. Uh, and so there are 12 apostles uh, as the foundation of God's new covenant people. Uh, and Peter sees the significance of that. Uh, and he says they need to appoint uh, another apostle. Uh, so Peter says, uh, so one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to the resurrection. The apostles had a special role as witnesses to Jesus. Uh, and nothing is going to stop that happening. Uh, two men are put forward, aren't they? Uh, Justice and Matthias. Uh, and what happens next? Uh, well, unsurprisingly, after what we've seen, they pray about it. They pray about the decision and they commit it to God. Uh, and then they cast lots. So they put marked stones in a pot and they throw one out to decide who will be the apostle. Uh, I don't think that's a way that we should make our decisions today. Uh, it's never repeated again in the New Testament or commanded. Uh, other appointments in the Bible seem to be uh, by human decision using biblical godly principles. 
but this was a very unique situation. Uh, God will have his witnesses. Uh, they were told, you will be my witnesses to the end of the earth. The scriptures will be fulfilled. Uh, and that plan is still moving forward today. Uh, and we are part of it, sat here today. Uh, you might have heard this story back in summer 2021. Uh, but um, uh, back then, uh, many serious criminals in big crime networks or drug syndicates were using uh, this special phone that was only available on the black market and on the dark web. And it was supposedly ultra-secure. And it seemed like crime-fighting agencies were losing the battle uh, in the technolo technology stakes, at least. Uh, but then news started to come out uh, in the summer of 2021 uh, of over 800 high-level arrests right across the world uh, in criminal networks. And it turned out, uh, I love this, that the phones sitting in the back pockets of uh, many uh, big criminals uh, had actually been produced by the FBI and sold on this dark web uh, over three years. And every message that they sent uh, was being fed to law enforcement agencies. Uh, and they were just biding their time for the right time to strike and arrest, make the arrests. That's a fascinating uh, read uh, if you get the time. Uh, but the way they were in control there when it didn't look like it, uh, it's just a shadow uh, of the way that God is in control. Uh, we're reminded in this passage that God had been in control even through Jesus' darkest days. Uh, and he continues to be in control. Uh, but unlike the FBI, uh, no, mo no matter what happens, uh, God's plan is indestructible. Uh, his plan is for all time and over all things. Uh, and so as we here today uh, wait for Jesus' return uh, and seek to be witnesses to him, uh, we must be confident uh, even more confident than the police reading those messages and know that, knowing that they got them, knowing that they had a plan, uh, we can be sure that all God's plans will come true. Uh, even if things look out of control, uh, God is working out his good plans. Uh, nothing will ever surprise God. Uh, and we can take great hope in that, especially at those times when we are surprised by things in this coming term and year. Uh, we, can be, we can be completely certain of God's plans to rescue sinners. Uh, we can be completely certain that God is drawing people into his kingdom. Uh, we have a sure and certain hope. When God says something will happen, it will happen. So as we wait for Jesus' return, uh, let's make sure that we're ready as a church family. Uh, let's be united around the gospel and devoted to prayer. Uh, let's live out the mission we've been given. And let's trust our King, uh, walking each day in faith and repentance. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, we thank you so much that you are good and you are in control. Thank you that that gives us great hope in all the uncertainties of life and this coming year. And we pray that you'd give us confidence in you. We pray that you'd help us to trust you. And we pray that this year we would be united in prayer as a church family and united around the gospel. Please help us to see our need for you and to continue in heartfelt prayer, knowing that without you, 
uh, without your work, our efforts are a waste of time. Uh, Please fill us with your spirit this year and help us to serve you and to trust you. Amen.